0: I done learned a whole heap of things about life watching you. I done learned how to tell where the shit lies.
1: Welcome back listener, it's episode 29, we're, uh, we're on our road to the Oscars, and we're getting a couple legs up, eh? We got the fever. We've we're got st- Oscar fever, it's ahead. taking effect. Yeah, we've gotten, uh, we're sweating in our sleep, we're uh, shaking, we're breaking <laughs> out rashes. Having strange It's poos. funny because I, <laughs> well that's not actually abnormal for me. But I was talking to someone last night and um about like all our Oscar stuff and he was like, Man, you don't really seem like you give a shit about the Oscars. <laughs> and uh I was like, Yeah, I guess I really don't, but like for the sake of the podcast I kind of like feel like I have to be you know following uh what's happening.
0: Yeah, I think I, I had that
1: realization tonight <laughs> <laughs> while 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 uh cramming fences two hours before we recorded.
0: Yeah, I just finished Fences, and during it, I was just like, "What? Why am I doing this?" But I mean, this this will be the first time. That's I've the ever best s-
1: endorsement for Fences that I've ever heard. <laughs> in the middle of watching this movie, I realize I don't give a shit about the Oscars.
0: <laughs> Local man says, "Why am I doing this
1: in the middle of watching <laughs> Fences, the movie?" What is my life even about?
0: But, but. We will have seen all the best Oscar noms. That will be the first time I've done that before the Oscars. So that's something, right?
1: Yeah. that's tr- Barely anything. I tried to do it. I almost made it the year that um, Captain Phillips was in the Oscars. That was the 12 Years a Slave year, I think. Mm-hmm. And... Uh you know I caught what i could actually i was i was even poorer than I am now, so I saw almost <laughs> nothing in theaters somehow basically any yeah it, it was it was uh mining new depths for poorness i um anything that wasn't streaming, I just got a torrent of it but captain Phillips part of it is in um what is what do you call it It has subtitles. Spanish. right' the oh. somali pri- yeah the Somali pirates um so I've never been able to work out subtitles on a torrent. I don't know why. Like, everything I've read, it's extremely simple to make it work, but I've never been able to do it. So, for that reason... um,
0: (laughs) When you're downloading the movie, do you check off to uh, not download the subtitles? Because I've done that before.
1: No, I downloaded everything. I'd have the the file. I would would have the subtitle file to download it, and then it's like, oh, you just put it into this... Anyway, we don't need to get into uh, the intricacies of piracy on this uh, this film uh, industry celebrating <laughs> podcast. Yeah, celebrating maybe. Yeah, speaking of celebrating, this is the year of Oscars So Black. We've got three um, of the nine, so a full third, are dominant black casts. Uh, mm-hmm. I think two of the three movies are... I don't even know if there's a single white person in the movie, maybe (laughs) in the background, Uh, and so we're getting, we're doing because we like to theme, so it's Black History Month. I -hmm. guess all the podcasts we do are going to be during February, so I guess that doesn't matter. True that. But uh, but we so tonight we're doing Hidden Figures and Fences and Moonlight all at once. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jared. I'm Ethan. And, uh, what an intro! Well, let's let's kick it off. You you enjoy uh, any of these movies? Were any of them good?
0: Uh, yeah, I think they were all good in definition of uh, not being total poop. But
1: wow, one of you them got was... like ringing endorsements left and right.
0: <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought you'd be uh, harsher than that, so I was gonna try and be nice.
1: Um, Har- I'd be harsher towards what all these movies i didn't say that any of them were good so you don't know you don't know me exactly
0: i was preemptively trying to be a little bit positive
1: all right so we're gonna do a little good reviewer bad reviewer you be uh you be hugh honey i'll be Vic vinegar
0: (laughs) man why don't we just let's start off beginning
1: (laughs) (laughs) good reviewer bad. i think that actually would work i would enjoy that a lot we'll do that on one of these we'll figure out we should have done it on Blair Witch, at least. Anyway, so why don't we give these movies a compliment sandwich, um, starting with Ooh, you and your positive reviews.
0: So which one are we starting with? Fences?
1: I don't give a shit. Let's start you, with You fences. just finished Fences. Literally, I mean, that's not a joke. You literally finished, like, like 20 minutes ago.
0: Yeah. It's not a hilarious joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's the gosh darn truth. Okay. So I'll do... A, all three of the sandwich or am i just gonna do the bread or you're the meat
1: wait a second well i'm definitely
0: the meat <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the mayo Ugh. you're the white bread where there's meat there's mayo all uh, right can you just say something about this film <laughs> i
0: would say fences has great uh acting from the leads denzel washington and okay. viola davis as what Troy is it even Andrew about because i feel
1: like yeah, I feel like that's a movie that kind of went under the radar. Am I wrong?
0: Maybe. I don't know if it went under... I, I mean, think, Denzel's star power definitely kept it afloat. Maybe it seemed to have come and gone out of theaters quickly, but I don't know if that's just... People didn't really care to see like a movie. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's, like,
1: it's kind of like a chicken and the egg thing. It's like, all right, movies have to get in... Technically, at the end of the year, to be you know able to be in the Oscars, so you have these movies that have like really short like theatrical runs, and yeah. essentially they're at the end of the year, and then once they're nominated, they come back out. Mm-hmm. But so it's kind of like a chicken and the egg. It's like, all right, well, would these movies have any notice at all if they were, if not for the Oscars promoting movies like it, you know, you know more artistic movies, or. Is it the fact that the Oscars exist mean that these movies are kind of have a really weird trajectory in the theater? And so they kind of aren't noticed until they're nominated.
0: Yeah, like the, yeah, the Oscars have like a weird gravity. And, uh, yeah, maybe too much, too much attention is paid to the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, but, but what is Fences about? Fences, uh, from IMDb, it's uh, a working class African American father, Denzel Washington. Tries to raise his family in the 1950s while coming to terms with the events of his life, and it's man
1: based... I fucking love of having events. Yeah, what a,
0: what a vague ass title. It really could be <laughs> any
1: movie. I mean, it's based not a plot-heavy movie though. It is a character study kind of movie.
0: It is. I mean, it's based on a play uh, by August Wilson, who also wrote the screenplay. Um, I will say, yeah. I mean, it's it's a play. So there's not like a lot of like action happening and stuff, but. It's really plot I like the the I guess they build the backstories really well because I was explaining it to my wife and she was like, "Oh man, it sounds like there's a lot going on in this movie." <laughs> like, well, there's a lot said in this movie.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, a lot going on, but it's almost everything that happens in the film is people talking in a living room, a kitchen, or in the backyard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it gives a, it almost a uh like a Sesame Street feel to it in a way.
0: <laughs> yeah. I could see that. I mean, it's just very obviously a play,
1: even if you didn't realize it was a play. Well, um, I mean, I th- yeah, I think you'd know it just by watching it. Like, I remember... you be um, a real dumbass. <laughs> did you know it was a play? Uh, I did. <laughs> but that would okay. be funny if I didn't. I have a long... No, yeah, my wife asked me halfway through. She's like, is this a fucking play? I don't know what she <laughs> said, but... It was like, yeah, it actually just is.
0: Is this fucking a play? You know I hate plays. <laughs>
1: Well, I remember reading about Glengarry Glen Glen Ross and that it, you know, it's one of those things you read about It's like such a beloved movie that it's always weird to think that like studios didn't want to make it. And they're like, they didn't know how to make it, not just filming a play. And I remember when I read that, I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, what is, (laughs) who cares if you film a play? But I think that movie does a good job of not making you feel like, if you feel like the plot is tethering you to the location rather than just like they only bought one set um whereas like i talked about at uh at sundance that marjorie prime movie was like really again obviously like 15 minutes into it you're like oh they haven't left this room this is a play that they made into a movie Mm -hmm. and this movie definitely had that feeling of like like no one is speaking outside of when they enter the set you know and then they kind of unleash everything
0: yeah, and just really just really heavy with the dialogue. I noted that it was according to my viewing, it wasn't until the 20 minute mark before uh, there was a break in dialogue. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before someone took a breath. Literally, yeah. Um but I, I I have like the other movies I've seen that I can think of that were based on plays, like you said Glengarry Glenn Ross. I, hate, I love that movie. And um Yeah. Uh I'm dial M for murder. I think that was a play. If it wasn't, it should be because it just all takes place. There's a one book. Room. It was a book first.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, wasn't that a disregard uh, what I said? Oh no. Oh, uh, maybe it wasn't. I thought it was though. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm thinking Anatomy of a Murder.
0: Yeah, you're thinking of Grey's Anatomy because you love that show.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking of. Uh, I wish I knew that. Who's that woman who, uh, Susan something, who writes like a bunch of murder novels and they're all alphabetical. Susan Sarandon it's not Susan Sarandon it's like Susan Keaton or something but they're I, just like you know like airport novels and yeah. it's like a <laughs> is for novel. alibi you know <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> b is her book
1: yeah I just I remember uh our mom used to read those all the time and mm-hmm. I was always like man what the fuck is she gonna do when she gets to x like, <laughs> it's gotta be x-ray right
0: yeah, really X ray based. <laughs> some
1: <laughs> murder mystery where X rays play a really prominent role.
0: <laughs> or xylophones.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, play, play. Someone was playing their ribs like a xylophone. But they hit the same rib twice and it made two distinctly different tones. <laughs> um So do you like fences? I actually really like fences. Um Ooh. I thought it was one of those situations where I kind of feel like Probably most moviegoers, especially if you watch something like, you know, a, a blockbuster movie, you feel like you could write a movie, right? It's like, oh yeah, movie. You know, movies, piece of piss. Um, <laughs> I I saw this yeah. and like not even having any ambition whatsoever to write a play, I was like, I could never fucking write a play. I, like, right. I feel so small right now because <laughs> the the dialogue is so dense and it like mm-hmm. delivers the exposition in a way that's not clunky. Mm-hmm. And it you know uh reveals character, mm-hmm. and it like you know does some drama between the characters and it was just like, blah that's good um so I, I really liked it um, and the acting was really good. I thought it uh-huh. it is hard to not see Denzel Washington the same way I was talking about uh Lebowski in the other movie, Heller High water,
0: yeah, I mean, but even more so than. Jeff Bridges. I mean, Denzel's pretty much the same character in every movie that I've seen
1: him in, and that I could even think for movies he I usually haven't seen is him. And he... in. Yeah, and but, uh, not only that, I I, I find a hard time thinking of a character, an actor whose ticks I feel as familiar with as Denzel. Yeah, you know,
0: he, he is very familiar, very. You know, what you're getting, but like, he's so goddamn charismatic, <laughs> like. He you is. Don't, yeah. You don't care that it's kind of the same beats because it's it's like you love those beats. They're so
1: fresh. Well, because you know he does the uh, he does the like the the eyebrows up plain face when he's kind of like leveling with somebody. He does the like the the real quiet, real quiet whisper. Yeah, good. And, uh,
0: uh, uh, like kind of a head tilts.
1: He does like a little bit of head tilts when he's like. Yeah, yeah.
0: You talking to me, kind of thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, he exactly. So it was hard to get past Des Denzel, and it almost was like I mean he. Like, you know, directed the movie and produced it. But uh, it's almost like maybe you shouldn't have cast yourself. Just because, <laughs> like, that character, like, for one thing, Denzel's handsome as shit. He's very charismatic. He's mm. very um nice looking. It's really hard to make him not seem like a nice guy. And yeah, be like uh, scary. he's also very, yeah, and he's also really intelligent looking. Mm-hmm. So I think the character he played seemed kind of fucking dumb because he's like confessing to his wife that he cheated on her and then he just starts like talking about like a really extended baseball analogy <laughs> yeah I'm... and she's like what <laughs> she's like what the fuck are you talking about baseball and he's like i don't know how else to figure it out or you know how to tell you yeah that's all i yeah, like, know i so it kind of had me thinking like you know who else i can't think of who else could play it but i felt like someone with like less intelligence in their eyes um would sell that better but at the same time uh you know when she said after he dies the fact that like he you know would come into a room and fill the room up i mean that's like you know denzel Mm -hmm. all over
0: yeah i I don't know if yeah i think the casting was good for the character although like you were saying um yeah it, it is hard to see him as like a villain because He's kind of the, like the villain of the story, but yeah, he's just so likable. Um, but yeah, he he matches all the points of the character being that kind of draw. Like, why would people hang out with this guy if he's you know such a piece of shit? But it's like, oh, okay, yeah, so you know, lights up your day. Like, Villa Davis, she's smiling like every scene in the first you know half of the movie when he's talking, yeah. and
1: rambling. Um, and his little fat buddy was like just hanging out <laughs> while he's like railing up. on his son and like humiliating him. And they just like, all right, see you tomorrow.
0: <laughs> Same time tomorrow.
1: I love that guy. I love the guy. <laughs> yes, I love the guy who played Bono. He was super good. Yeah, he was really good. Stephen Henderson. I think he sold the like uh, you know, Uncle Remus esque dialogue uh, a little better than Denzel did he was more of a character it's actor. It's funny cuz he's the
0: one that he's the one that calls Denzel and Kareemus. Yeah.
1: Um like I found I found it a little I I didn't quite buy uh I, don't know, I didn't quite buy like I like Denzel Washington. I didn't quite buy him as the character whereas like uh, I think Viola Davis. I bought her and I bought I don't know the actor's name who played Bono. Um Stephen Henderson. It was actually Bono, it was actually Bono from you too played him. <laughs> he played yeah, a lot of heavy <laughs> the makeup. 1950s African American uh garbage man. <laughs> Well, wait, wait. You said he was a villain. I mean, do you consider him the villain of that story? I think that's kind of the whole point of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I think he is right. He's like okay. Bad, but... Next.
0: <laughs> well, do you disagree?
1: Well, I think the the whole like you know I, we were talking about what we like, what to me kind of you know makes a movie uh, you know kind of worthy of Oscardom, and I think some amount of complication is always welcome. So yeah. for me. The fact that it kind of the movie goes scene to scene, you know, he's an asshole to his son and says he doesn't like him. He, the very next scene goes on about how, you know, the only thing driving him is that he wants his son to have a better life than him. Um, And then he seems like an asshole and then he reveals that like his own father was a fucking like pedophile rapist who beat him and he Mm. was, you know, he, he had a really rough life. Um, you know he's sweet to his wife and he's cheating on his wife he fights with his son and he's you know scared of dying and he's got all these frustrations it kind of reminded me of um, Bigger Thomas in uh, Native Son you got this character who does like mm. very bad things and treats people poorly but they also have like a really deep well of like resentment underneath their skin Um, yeah there was like so- a familiar-
0: familiarity with the character like
1: that kind of Uh, Archetype,
0: yeah. But I I mean, I guess in the
1: what's up? Well, I mean, and then on the other side, you know, he's he's this guy who, I mean, even though he's held back because he was black and he was maybe too old by the time, like the you know, black Americans could play baseball, um, in the the major leagues. But he's also got this. Obviously, he's coasted a bit, like he's you know, kind of a giant among. His people because he you know has such natural talent and kind of natural charisma so in a way it was just a very complicated character to kind of balance a lot i do think that you know you you can't choke your son so he is an (laughs) asshole but you know i like that they didn't can't choke your son you can't kill a man yeah it wasn't uh it wasn't a straight up um it wasn't like a straight up arc you know he kind of wavered back and forth and that's what made it interesting to me yeah it made it a lot
0: realer too so you're not just going to have a guy that's, like, just a straight monster
1: for the whole movie.
0: I mean, I guess... It, yeah, it, but I kept expecting in, that.
1: Yeah. Like, I kept expecting it was going to be like, okay, now he's getting worse and worse and worse, and he's that trajectory, you know? Like a Michael Corleone kind of thing.
0: Well, it was really, like... So Denzel played the character, and so did Viola Dovis played her character in the, the play that was uh, redone in the in 2010. Um, That's kind of cool. Yeah. So that was cool. So I mean, like, I'm assuming that's why they, you know, they put Brawl <laughs> the same. <laughs> yeah. Let's get the crew together. Um, I, I was thinking this character though is really, I mean, at least in the movie version, it's really like a culmination of Denzel and all of his roles because he's always kind of have that, he's always kind of, uh, like righteous and indignant. Yeah. And like this was kind of like it turned up all the way. And he's just—he's yeah. always like—he's always right, and he's always kind of had to kind of have the final word, and like his word is the truth, even though he's like obviously lying to everyone in the room <laughs> who knows the truth yeah. behind the stories. He's—he's he's just stringing along, but like there's still something like about him, kind of like we were saying, like the charis, charisma, I guess, that makes you almost kind of like side with him, even though he's like yeah. bullshit, and it's like, well, you know, he's right he did you know he is providing for his family even though he's also like has them living in fear of him constantly
1: yeah and also like he's a bullshitter because like i guess the only reason he has a house is because he got like a government payout for his brother for like some injury in in Mm -hmm. world war ii or korea or whatever i guess we're full, Um, full spoilers here but yeah yeah i mean i'll just put on the thing that's full spoilers but uh yeah, that, I mean, the whole, I mean, there's that whole, like, mentality of, like, you know, father knows best, the whole, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you got food in your belly, I gave it to you, because, I mean, it, like, his son stands up to him, he's like, oh, you, you know, you don't mean nothing here, and he's like, hey, I feed you, and, like, you live under my roof, and, like, that's not nothing, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's true, <laughs> you really shouldn't talk to your dad like that, he is, you know, he's providing for you, but, uh you know, at the same time, obviously, <laughs> that doesn't give you the right to demean people.
0: Yeah. And that's the struggle. Like I, I kind of, the acting's really good. I don't know if the son, I kind of wanted more from the son's character. Um, yeah, a little bit just cause that he was kind of the, um, the focus of that struggle where you, you see him directly providing Denzel directly providing for the kid, but then also he's also the worst to that kid. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like it's all falling on him. So he's the one to kind of uh display the effects of this kind of household. Um And I just, I don't know, he was just kind of well, too flat for me. But um I guess to go back on what I was saying earlier, yeah, the real villain, I guess, if you had like pinpoint, if you're looking at the screenplay, would have been... The white man. The, <laughs> the man. No, Denzel's father, I guess, who's never seen
1: or uh, anything. He was... That was a great scene where he, he said, "Uh, now I knew why my why the devil never came from my daddy because he was the devil himself." And I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, that whole scene—he's
0: they're like just kind of bullshit—and then he just keeps going deeper and deeper into his past. Best, father. <laughs> like, oh fuck, this is, this is some serious business.
1: Well, that's—I think that's also what's interesting to me. I always like, um, I, what would you call it? Uh, like non-parallel or, um. I can't think what the word is, but basically the fact that this is revealed that his father beat him and everything, but he only tells that to his older son, his younger son, who has got the biggest problem with never hears that. And so he never had, you know, when they're then talking after the dad's dead and the older son is kind of singing the dad's praises and what he was like and the younger son just still hates him and you see they've got this, like, they're not in sync because they both have two different levels of information about what the father was alike, you know?
0: Yeah, the older son kind of saw the reasoning and was able to yeah. then kind of,
1: yeah, excuse, I guess, the behavior. Yeah, so I, I like also, that a lot. I, I love, like, complexities like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot, too, and I enjoy just seeing, because I think about it a lot, like, the effect of parenting
1: and <laughs> yeah it is just really interesting it's The one thing that makes you definitely never want to have children
0: yeah this movie makes you uh, also put like never want to get married i think <laughs> it just shows at least from viola davis's point of view like i mean back in those days you kind of had to the, the man had to provide so you like my wife was yeah, saying, like she why don't like... leave this guy and i was like well you know black woman in the 50s i don't know if she'd be able to make a yeah. you know,
1: living for herself
0: very easily, at least. Yeah,
1: that's awfully privileged to say that. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, my white it's, wife. It's so not, not very woke, but um,
1: I can't remember the point I was trying to make.
0: <laughs> Good movie though. Uh,
1: the, marriage is bad. Yeah, my well, my only takeaway from it that like diminishes it a little bit is that it it does feel more like a filmed play. So yeah, I think but... there's very little about it that feels like it's something that you know plays to film, the strength of film, you know?
0: True. Yeah, and I was wondering uh, how you felt about the direction, because like you said, Denzel was the main actor and the director. Did you
1: have any thoughts about that specifically in the movie? Um, no, I mean, I I do remember there were points in the movie where I felt like cinematography-wise, um, I don't think the movie was doing enough to kind of really... I mean, especially the strength of having... I mean, it's a strength and a weakness, I guess, of having, like, very few sets. But I didn't feel super, um, like, at home there. And I felt like even some of the sitting-around scenes... Just the... I mean, that's not all direction. That's, you know, the cinematographer also. But Mm -hmm. just the way they shot the groups talking, I felt like it didn't give the same amount of, like, sense of space that it could have. So I wasn't really... I didn't think much of the direction other than you know, its effect on the acting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it kinda did it was kind of filmed like you were filming a play. So it's kinda like Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why why even, you know, making a movie if you're not gonna
1: explore too much what you can do with that medium. Um Yeah. The other thing I Like when the name of the cinematographer came up in the credits, I was like, Oh, where you fucking go? <laughs> <laughs>
0: this this guy would push this yourself.
1: Voice. Um Miss so some, <laughs> oh, some lady
0: uh i don't know i guess it is on the part of the director though but i thought uh the biggest shot against him was um all the snot on viola davis's face in that one scene (laughs) it's like way too distracting Uh,
1: no i don't mind that when someone's crying because it looks real and it looks you know it's ugly it's not pretty crying i like i like ugly crying sometimes
0: i don't like snot though because it's way too distracting (laughs) <laughs> right. it was weird because like <laughs> she was like snotty but then she wasn't also like crying or you couldn't see the tears as much so it was like all you could see the only wetness on her face was coming out from the nose. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what really threw me off and i didn't like it and it's i mean it's in the trailer so yeah and it Get was like her most Kleenex. powerful scene
1: yeah that was pretty good actually i was um because like they play off that scene a little weird because like almost like a comedy she finds out and she like nearly fucking collapses. And then the, like the retarded brother comes back in and it's just like, get this guy out of here. Like I'm trying to get deal with this. And, and she kind of comes out of that, like almost like she's gotten over it already. And she's like, you know, just like, why you're kind of old to be, you know, messing around. Yeah. She's like super rational after that. Yeah. But then she like kind of has to go outside and be like, you fucking asshole. Like I hitched my whole life to you and you couldn't do the same for me hmm yeah that, that was, was a great point. scene
0: yeah that was the point where i
1: wrote down like this movie's anti-marriage <laughs> oh man uh, good character though uh, i liked her character more as the movie went on taking care of the little baby but like not being like a pushover about it
0: yeah yeah she really she held her on well uh i was surprised that no one blew up on uh the, the brother gabe the, <laughs> yeah that's what i was waiting one. for i was waiting for <laughs> like to shut the fuck up already off. man. <laughs> yeah <laughs> You're out of your element. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that um, whole, the yeah, whole good. scene, the last thing about that scene is uh like Denzel's telling her that he was unfaithful. But like when they're outside and he's talking about it, he's like making it sound like therapy. And he was like, yeah, I had to go there because there's, you know, making me feel good. I wasn't thinking about uh my bills. And I was like, yeah, I was he's like, oh, really selling on this guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, that, wait, what are we talking about now?
0: <laughs> yeah, that that was the point where I was kind of like thinking maybe Denzel was like you said too like charismatic and pleasant looking to be in that kind of role, mm-hmm. but at the same time I also was thinking there's not many actors I'd want to watch in a movie that just talk so much. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's just like Denzel and the only other one I thought about that came to my head was Christoph Waltz. <laughs> like they don't I necessarily to play have to christoph do anything waltz in this exact role
1: <laughs> yeah the um yeah that's true I, I would just watch christoph waltz talk for a long time mm-hmm. um, um the
0: 1987 play had james earl jones as the denzel washington role
1: god damn now that's a man who can talk that's a lot of
0: bass that'd be intense yeah bringing so much bass
1: <laughs> um so that was mm, well we'll rank them later. We'll rank um, them later.
0: I had one more question right. for you though about fences before we move on. All right. Uh we were talking in the last one about our pet peeves and you know you have the yeah. hair and we learned another one you yeah, have hair. uh drinking liquor which there was a that lot was of thing. in this movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't like that.
0: Oh that was me? No, that was you... I don't oh, like no, drinking, you don't like like them drinking from
1: well, he was drinking gin, which is cheating cuz that looks like water.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. That that plays into exactly what you're saying. Whenever they're doing, liquor it's usually clear, so they could be drinking water. Yeah.
1: And uh I mean, you could just dye the water so it looks like bourbon or something. Yeah, or just make it like juice, who cares. But
0: yeah. uh, I was I didn't notice the iced tea. <laughs> yeah. No one really no one really has a reaction to drinking it, which makes sense cuz like they're all supposed to be like
1: older drinkers um yeah but they're th- drinking pure gin and they seem to drink an entire bottle of it every friday
0: <laughs> and super fast too
1: yeah i was i was because he was like oh we got to finish this bottle i'm like what the fuck there's two of you dude what are you talking about it's like 12 shots each
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the
0: uh he brings in his his other son lion at one point and he gives him a sip and he's the only one that like has a real reaction to it
1: yeah which is weird because he's like in like 34. CD clubs all the time.
0: Yeah, and he's like in his thirties, but Yeah. That was it. I didn't yeah, know if you had a problem while. with it at all.
1: Um no, I just I, I mentally was thinking like how much are these guys drinking each? And like why aren't they <laughs> dropping? Yeah. Um I don't know which one you want to do next. Which one you want to push onto? Um uh, maybe Hidden Figures. Good old hidden because figures, the horror movie. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the connection Viola Davis uh was in a movie with Octavia Spencer. <laughs> that was kind of both their that's a hell of a story. connection.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So this one was true story of uh, three black women in the '60s who were uh working at NASA and kind of working their way up from like low level uh computer roles before there were computers. They had people do math, I guess, and then like yeah. you know, feedback that information. Um and they worked their way up to being fairly influential members in the, the John Glenn uh around the world in like eighty seconds or whatever. He went around like three out of seven times. Mm-hmm. Uh so this one I would say was the opposite of fences in one aspect and uh you know, pardon the pun, but this one had a very clear trajectory. Whereas fences <laughs> like, you know, at, <laughs> at no point in fences do you really know where it's going, you know, you're just kinda of watching someone's life unfold. Right. Whereas this one, it's very clearly you're watching these people become more and more successful at being good at nasa and you know that at some point they're going to get like you know mm-hmm. the hand on the shoulder or the mm-hmm. room applauding for them or you know some amount of validation it's it's basically a, a the movie is starting with no validation and then they're going to work their way up to maximum validation and that's mm-hmm. you remember that uh that kurt vonnegut video where he talks about um plotting out movies or stories as graphs
0: no what are you talking about <laughs>
1: Kurt Vonnegut did this lesson, it's a really short lesson, but he's just talking about movies um, as graphs, and basically you have on the uh, X axis, uh, left to right is time, mm-hmm. and on the Y axis is um, happiness. And so you start with a character at, like, middle happiness, and then midway through, their happiness drops down, and then by the end, uh, their happiness uh, flips back up slightly higher than it was to begin with. And it's like, people love that story. Um Yeah. And yeah, so it's that's funny. kind of like, this is the kind of movie when you start watching it, you can already see, all right, these women are at, they're kind of starting off at middle happiness and they're going to struggle against some white, some extremely uh, obvious white racism <laughs> and sexism. So you get a double dose. And then by the end, um, people will recognize them as, you know, uh, you know, as good as they are.
0: Yeah. Like we were talking about it. It wasn't easy for black women in the fifties. And here, this is another nope. movie that focuses on pretty
1: much the same thing. Yeah. So, how, what do you think uh, about Hidden Fingers? Hidden
0: Fingers. Uh, I said it was good, but I think I secretly hate this movie.
1: You think who you expected to hate it, or what you say? No,
0: I, I hate. I, I
1: secretly hate this movie. You hate this movie racistly, yeah. or, <laughs> or is it sex? Is it the sexism or the racism that makes you hate this movie? Uh, it's the poor
0: quality it's the, <laughs> well it's the uh, you say it was good then i mean it's a good movie it's not like bad but it's i mean it's pg i didn't know it's pg coming into it and that's oh the you thing know when you say that this. it
1: really makes sense
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly fences i'm surprised there's only pg-13 i i assume hmm. i thought they cursed a lot more but whatever um, i guess they must not have
1: yeah, but this movie's PG That's a good thing, uh fourteen year olds love a good nineteen fifties <laughs> blue collar drama.
0: <laughs> yeah, about alcoholic fathers with dark pasts and Yeah. Yeah. You know. But this one yeah, this was like Disney fied to the max. And it really is annoying. Yeah. It's a, a super cool story. And like really
1: interesting. And I like I didn't and know. The women about this. are impressive as hell, actually. Like in real life. It's just like holy shit.
0: Oh, yeah, and like most people, I didn't know anything about these women, and so I was kind of excited to like learn about it um but fact, they just like they made such like a weak version of this movie that could have been so much better, I think
1: they kinda of, yeah it I mean, I feel like it reminded me a bit of Selma, which my frustration with Selma is that Martin Luther King jr. is one of the characters like like Abraham Lincoln, who is essentially. Incredibly difficult to think of as an actual human being at this point. I mean, maybe people who lived through, you know, his life don't have a problem, but for people our age, he's just kind of canonized. Yeah. And yeah, he's like a, a superhero at this point,
0: like a comic book
1: yeah figure. And it's, yeah, it's just hard to think of as a human. And I think one of the best things um, when Scorsese did um, The Last Temptation of Christ. Right out of the gates, he portrays Jesus as a carpenter who specifically makes crosses to crucify other uh messiahs because you know, there was a time there was a lot of people claiming to be the, you know, the messiah of the Jews. Mm-hmm. And he did it because he hated the messiahs. <laughs> and so it's like extremely blasphemous, but at the same time it immediately gets your mind out of like, this ain't your grandpa's Jesus. So <laughs> yeah, that's I feel so like fantastic. you have yeah, and and so I think you need to have something and I, you know, I I'm sometimes can, it's it's a tightrope because I don't like the idea of people like slandering someone just to be able to get some grey area out of them, but mm-hmm. it is frustrating to watch a movie that's so um kind of it it kind of is empty without it.
0: Yeah, it's it's just a very shallow movie and I didn't I don't even think they really did a poor job on the portrayal of the characters. I thought that was fine. Um I just feel like the movie was way too focused on like the space and like adventure portion of it <laughs> and not enough mm-hmm. on the actual characters and relationships, which I think they started like a little bit. They touched what they did touch on was really interesting. But they just kind of like made it like oh shit, we have to make this like you know a a movie with, like, a big action, like, uh, tension ending. but With, like,
1: really shitty CG.
0: Yeah, it was a, that whole... It was, like, for remarkably last 20 bad minutes. CG.
1: <laughs> yeah, just rip that out. Well, I mean, like, one thing that I was thinking during one of the many... Well, actually, there weren't many scenes. There were probably about four scenes that kind of encapsulated um the main woman's courtship with some, like, army major or whatever. Yeah, Like, like the third of those scenes, I was like, why'd they include this subplot in the movie? Because nothing's happening in it. It's like, their whole relationship... The only thing you know about him is that, like, he, when he first met her, said, a woman working at NASA? And she got insulted. And then, like, the next scene is, like, he apologizes to her and they dance. And then the next scene is he's like, hey, we should kiss each other. And the next scene is they get married. But... Yeah.
0: If we're talking about it with fences, like how impressive the script and the dialogue is, kind of would yeah. make you think I can't write a movie or a play. Watch the Hidden Figure. Yeah. then you'll be like, "Oh, I could write this shit."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I could totally – cuz every I mean, I can't think of anybody who's more than one-dimensional. Like all the women, I mean, I don't know, I I don't I don't know anything about them other than essentially their job and the fact that they're like ambitious. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Really, I mean... And, no, yeah. Like, every time you go to that woman's house, like, to see her kids, her kids are all, like... It reminded me of, um, you know, when I saw Valkyrie, they have, like, you know, the whole idea of the movie is this guy, it, uh, Tom Cruise, is trying to overthrow Hitler, and that if he fails, his whole family is basically going to get killed. So they have, like, one scene at his house, and his kids are doing just the most kind of, like... There's, like, playing on... The, it was just, like, if you didn't have a script, you're like, oh, shit, we have to have the kids doing something that makes them, like, sweet. <laughs> You know, yeah. just have him play on the, you know, on the ground with uh, toys. And then he can, like, put his hand on one of their heads. You know, I'm your father, you know. <laughs> um, and <laughs> yeah. this movie was kind of like that. Like, the kids were just kind of like, everything was so clean. And, like, mm-hmm. as if, like, time stopped when she left. It's like, this is a single mom in the 50s. Like, they're living on her I mean, that's kinda, she's in a really stressful job. And she's not getting the respect that she should have since she's, like, a mathematical genius. And, you know, these kids, father is dead and they don't give a shit. And then some man is coming in to replace their father and they just like, like immediately Immediately, happy. And I get that there's, yeah, there's like no real space in the script for it, I guess. You know, I, yeah, but, um, it just felt like kind of going through the motions.
0: Yeah. Like all the characters are kind of just like fulfilling their one role, but none of them are like, Um, none of them are humans.
1: Yeah, I'm the racist middle manager. Oh, I'm the other racist middle manager. It's like I'm the more open-minded boss. I—that's I, a really classic uh, triangle, I think, to have yeah. the like the the put upon lower level person, and then like the person at the very top is really reasonable, but the person in between them is an asshole. Yeah, yeah, you see that. A lot. And but you can't go, you know, you can't go over their head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, I get it because it is it is a, like a perfect recipe for tension. Because like, ah, oh, if only you could just talk to Kevin Coster, He's so cool. He never <laughs> smokes cigarettes, even though it's the 1960s.
0: Yeah, he chews gum. Um, that's that's the big thing you know about his character. Is that a PG thing? Do you think? Because it's the fucking 60s. No one's smoking. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good a good thought. They just replaced cigarettes with shit that. That carry. annoyed me.
1: That was that was a little peeve of mine. Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice that, but yeah, no one smoked. I mean, yeah, it was fine if he's doing the chewing gum, but yeah, no one smoked anywhere, and it was like, hmm, come on,
0: yeah, they' probably astronauts in space are probably smoking,
1: <laughs> yeah, they developed uh they talked about and thank you for smoking, yeah. yeah they were gonna develop a they were writing a movie script, oh, and they yeah, wanted like to zero, like
0: zero g sex and smoking or something. <laughs>
1: yeah and they were gonna uh like just you like write the script and be like wait can um can cigarettes even work in like a pure oxygen environment he's like <laughs> yeah. oh, just throw in a line dial like thank god we invented the etc <laughs> uh
0: i think the the big problem with this movie um it was written and directed by white people
1: you know i looked that up because um I think I was—I don't know—I was probably like looking for a reason to like justify why I didn't like it that much, and I would feel bad if it was like a completely black effort to like (laughs) give you know like historical figures who people don't know about their due, yeah, yeah. Um, It was funny. I was um, at—I was uh, last night. um, Angela Davis, the Black Panther, um, she came to Salt Lake City along with um, two other activists uh, whose name I can't remember because I'm two beers deep. But, um, they're talking about, um, uh, the, the need to recover like lost history of like African-Americans, especially mm-hmm. from, I think they said like the thirties to the fifties. Um, you know, just the names of how many people were lynched that never had an obituary. And it made me think like, I didn't think much of 12 years of slave. I thought like, I, I found it really weird how many people were like, well, slavery turns out it was no good at all. <laughs> um, but it made me think, like, you know, m- maybe it's worthwhile, just, you know, hammer at it and just keep ch- churning out movies about slavery just so that, like, everyone get you know, just as, you know, propaganda is a bad term, but, I mean, right. it, it wasn't always. Um, but, I mean, kind of as a positive propaganda for just, like, getting across to people who somehow in 2017 still don't understand these basic facts of uh, oppression—
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I liked this movie for the fact that the story it told I didn't know before that, yeah. Um, and I mostly liked the characters, but it was—it's mm-hmm. just—it's a very—it's uh, kind of a like you said, it—it it feels like a Disney movie. Yeah, I was like pretty a surprised. For TV, it wasn't a almost Disney movie. Disney <laughs> movie. I guess not—not not made for TV, but definitely like a Disney movie that would be on heavy rotation. Right.
0: Yeah, and. Uh... Yeah, so directed by Theodore Melfi, written by Theodore Melfi and Allison Schroeder. Um, but yeah, the second I was done watching it, <laughs> I was like, I gotta see who who wrote this movie because <laughs> I have a feeling
1: I know what they're gonna look like. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like just the, uh, that was yeah. your problem with uh, with Davion was that well it wasn't white people but that um it wasn't well, black people.
0: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as big of a problem with Davion because. At least it was written by someone who lived in the South and was a minority, yeah, um but this one's just like, yeah, it's like, okay, you know we're gonna just we're gonna tell the story that needs to be told about black people not getting their due, and then we're gonna give the director and writer to white people, <laughs> yeah I mean it's, yeah. Like, it's like it's weird, like you can't just like say, oh, okay, every black movie's gonna be written and directed by black people, obviously not, but I don't know it's just this one you could really <laughs> tell it wasn't <laughs> so I guess yeah the, it can it, be done well it's kind of it um, matter
1: it was kind of it feels like a movie that was made with with like white gloves on you know oh yeah like it was like you know no one wanted to get their hands dirty when making it no one wanted to get too ugly about anything Um, I think that yeah you, gotta you know, keep that PG the, rating which, yeah, the one, I mean, the one woman blows up, you know, when she's finally called out for, like, why she's taking forever to go to the bathroom, and it's because she's, like, going a half a mile down the road, which is, like, that's insanely reasonable that you didn't, uh, well, I guess I understand her position. What I liked about this movie was the little details, I guess, stuff like that. I loved that she kind of wound up going so far to go to the bathroom just as, like, the first day, and that that just became her routine that she dealt with. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember when I saw like when she's getting coffee and people are looking at her, I was like, I was, I was like, why are they looking at her? Like, who cares about coffee? Mm -hmm. Like I get, not that I get the water fountain thing, but I get the idea that if you think someone's like scummy or whatever, you know, the idea of them like touching the lips on the same water fountain you use, but it's like, who cares about coffee? It's just, it's a not coming, you know? And so when they made (laughs) her like the colored only. Yeah, the color only pot. I was like, "Oh, fuck you." The yeah. Guy and from the Big Bang Theory. <laughs>
0: yeah, fuck that guy. Um Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like I was saying they were touching on the things, but it was like they were too scared to go too deep into any of it. And uh, yeah. you know, on the other side of the coin, I do get making a movie like this and making it PG so that like, you know, young kids can see it and be inspired by the story. But um it doesn't mean I have to like it.
1: Yeah, actually my son saw it at, at school and he said he really loved it. And he was like, Man, I thought it might be boring, but it was like he was like it was really good. I liked all the the women were all like really sassy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it wasn't boring. That's what I was trying to say at the beginning. Like it's not a bad movie. Like it's part of the movie. But it's just I wanted so much yeah. more of it.
1: Um it, yeah, it, it's 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 a very like Yeah, aim for that, you know, that solid B. Mm -hmm. Um, I did love that scene where, um, what's her name? Octavia Spencer is, uh, she learned, uh, what is it, Fortran or whatever it's called, the, like, computer language, and then, like, none of the guys know how to use the UNIVAC or whatever they have, and she, like, looks at it and just, like, grabs a a little diode and, like, moves it slightly, and it's like, (laughs) oh, now it should work, and, like... That was one thing I didn't like about it. I was like, give me some detail. It's kind of the movie in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like, I have no detail about their lives. I have no detail about, like, like tell me what they're learning. Like, impress me with, like, what they're learning. I've seen a lot of math, but they're kind of, you know, gliding through the math. And it really annoyed me that when um the main woman, um Katherine uh, uh, Johnson, Figures out, you know, they're trying to do new frontier math to figure out how to make sure the pod deploys at some point so that it lands in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "No, we need to use ancient math, this old <laughs> formula from forever ago." And this guy's like, "What?" <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, I really, I really wanted them to like show the math so I knew what the fuck that meant and like, you know, show me, like, make me understand it.
0: Right. I mean.
1: I, There's, you're not gonna get, get that. that. Like, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, have some. No, well, I don't know who know who the fuck knows what the math is like. I don't know what it's like. It's fucking ancient. So, and it's about like geometry. So you could visual. Anyway, I just thought that felt like you don't trust me to really tell me the story. You're just going to like, kinda oh yeah, give me the CliffsNotes.
0: notes. Oh yeah, the whole movie had zero trust for the audience. It's like, yeah. all right, we're gonna just paint it very clearly. This guy's a racist. This guy's a racist. This is the the white guy who's like cool.
1: And it's yeah. just very And I really hate that too cuz I Yeah, and it's I mean, see now I'm kind of talking myself into like disliking the movie. Cuz I I yeah. feel like when you do that, the problem is you create this illusion that like people are just like racist for like no reason. And it's mm-hmm. just like like cool people like Kevin Costner are not racist and like uncool people like Jim Parsons or whatever the guy's name is are (laughs) racist. And, uh, and an oddly, uh, aged, um, Kirsten Dunst who looked like Hillary Clinton, the whole movie. (laughs) Um, but it's like, I mean, you need to show what do these people feel like? Why do they feel threatened by this? Like, Mm -hmm. why does it matter? It can't just be like, Oh, Hey, I'm a Mr. Charming major man. And I'm, Slightly dismissive of women. Oops, I shouldn't have been. And it's like, well, okay, but like, yeah, like I, show why people feel that way because that makes it more real and that makes it more recognizable in real life because no one acts like this,
0: right? And that's the other thing I I really wanted them to explore more is like I really I like the idea of these uh these relationships that like Kevin Costner and Taraji Henson have and then Kristen Dunst and Octavia Spencer have mm-hmm. where it's like. The, you know, Kevin Costner and Kirsten Dunst, I mean, they're both characters, I guess, should have been like racist. But I just like the idea a lot of them kind of like working through that almost because they're recognizing that Taraji Henson and Octavia Spencer are like, you know, talented and assets. And so, like, even Mm -hmm. though they're still going to be like racist to them the whole time, because like you're not going to like within the movie, you're not going to break that down at least there could be, like, kind of a work relationship and, like, a mutual, like, kind of respect there that you could kind of do in a more natural way. And, that like, they were kind of touching on it with Kevin Costner and Traji Henson, but they didn't want to make Kevin Costner, like, a racist guy.
1: That's the problem, is you just had a very clear distinction between, like, here's the racist characters, here's the non-racist characters, and, like, you know... John Glenn, played by the smiley guy. From oh goddammit, it! Everybody I hated that song guy so much. Um, you know he I mean—he was like kind of like low-budget uh, Chris Evans. <laughs> yeah, I thought
0: the same thing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, like it, it, again, it's like this guy is living in the '60s, and like he's just like not racist at all, but he also doesn't have an opinion about racist. Like what? He's just mm-hmm. colorblind to it, you know? It's like, oh, my, it's weird. It's weird that some of my staff is treating you badly. I don't know why. Cause we're yeah, like, it's
0: like that's not that's not real, and that's not helping anyone.
1: Yeah, I feel like they should have characters who are kind of like, like Denzel Washington's character. I like characters like that who are, you know, both good and bad in the same person, and it kind mm-hmm. of forces you to think about what is acceptable and what is unacceptable about them.
0: Yeah, you yeah you want them to be real people. <laughs> weird, how weird. Yeah, so yeah. that
1: one. Um, well, I guess again we're we're gonna rank it later. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this. Dude, I had
0: a couple more things to say about this one though.
1: Um, this <laughs> is funny because uh, when we talked about we we talked about the idea of doing three movies in one podcast and how that would be too bloated, and you're like, nah, I don't really have much to say about Hidden Figures, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that was a that was a falsehood.
0: Uh 90% of this movie hidden figures is a black woman walking into a room to stun silence. <laughs> if you rewatch it,
1: the record scratch,
0: there's got to be like five scenes where that exact thing happens. It's like, okay, we get it. Yeah. But you can you can save some time on that scene and like focus more on the <laughs> character development.
1: Uh yeah, and it's uh uh yeah. So, I actually now that I think about it, I I kind of didn't like this movie. I don't think it was a bad movie, but um, it definitely is a very annoying movie. Very annoying. Like,
0: so many times in the script, or in the movie, I was just like, they'd say a line, it's just, I'd roll my eyes,
1: and just be like, come on. <laughs> like yeah. Why would you do that? Uh, it's kind of like thing... the whole movie is, uh, the whole movie is building towards, I guess the scene of the movie is where that guy says, what, a woman works at NASA, and she gets to like, deliver her big uh, righteous speech about how good she is at math and mm-hmm. uh do you remember um Aaron Brockovich? Uh yeah. Yeah. I I hated that movie. because There's <laughs> like just this like that's the whole movie is just like people continually underestimating her and her then like doing this like really long prepared speech about like <laughs> how kick ass she actually is. Yeah. Um and it's just like I I don't I feel like that scene I don't know. That scene really needs to be earned, I think. And I think if that's the whole thesis of the movie is you should be really impressed by this character, then that scene kind of is just really redundant.
0: Well, the annoying thing is is they, they pretty much get that scene out of the way in the first scene <laughs> when the, the cop pulls <laughs> yeah. him over. He's a white cop, and so he's very racist to them. And then the fact that they work at Natsa, NASA, he's like, oh, maybe yeah, I'll be nice to you now. It's like, yeah, okay, well, that's, that, the whole that's movie. a
1: pretty bad scene. Because uh, I I thought for sure he would like hear they worked at NASA and like feel like threatened like, oh, I'm just a shitty cop. So like, oh, sorry, I'm going to, have to take you in. Um, yeah. But said he pulls this really weird flip where he goes from like, what the fuck did you just say to like, <laughs> I mean, they said like, like the slightest amount of sass. him, was like, what'd you say? And right. uh, they're like we worked at was so like, Oh well, I'd be plumb obliged to uh give you ladies an escort. <laughs> why
0: didn't you say so? <laughs> That's, That's a horse say. of a different color. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't know. The other thing I was gonna say is we haven't talked about her the entire time, and I think she was really lost
1: in the entire movie was Janelle Monet's character. <laughs> She was kind of like a scance of the real the rest of the movie because yeah. she had to like leave NASA and go to community college. Yeah, she was kind of like useless. And she like had to. I mean, she only had like one scene to convince like fucking Jeff Sessions that <laughs> she should be allowed to go to this all white college.
0: Yeah, just because she read his Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah. God, and that he, was such a an he annoying. He's going to stroke his ego.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's kind of rough. Out of the out of the two Janelle Monae movies, um, I, I I'm free. I'm feeling okay to rank this one below the other. Just
0: uh, yeah, I think that's pretty clear.
1: Yeah. So uh, speaking of Janelle Monet being in, mm-hmm. did I call her Jessica Monet a second ago? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I didn't hear it though. Oh. I'm gonna have to find the timestamp on this so I can remove that so I don't sound like a fucking idiot. Um, yeah, Janelle Monae, Moonlight.
0: Monnet, that one you saw,
1: you you saw that one, and so was uh what's his name, uh, Mar- Maharshala Ali,
0: yeah,
1: the Maharaja, the Maharaja Ali. Ali, yeah, that handsome gent. He was fucking wasted in Hind figures, but um I really liked him in Moonlight, um and Super he kind of provides the early uh the early charm mm-hmm. of the movie. It kind of gets you through the first, you know, twenty minutes um so this movie you saw in theater back like when it first came out didn't you
0: yeah it was was a while ago i saw it
1: yeah i wish i had too you did a because you did a review which i read and like proofread for you so i kind of knew the trajectory of this movie going Mm. into it which i wish i hadn't um daisy didn't know no it's one i could have not read (laughs) your review um but um so it's a it's a black boy in Florida who is gay, and it's basically a movie in three acts. One of him is like a maybe ten year old. One of him is like a sixteen mm-hmm. year old, and one of him is like a twenty eight year old, or somewhere about there. Yeah, Um, and just kind of showing uh, how fucking shitty his life is, while simultaneously showing how fucking gorgeous Florida is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie made me really miss Florida. Especially being in, you know, Salt Lake City in the, um, in the winter. Um, cause that, it's funny cause that early scene of, uh, of Mahershala Ali, uh, telling little, uh, baby version of, um, what was his name? Uh, oh, the actual Chiron. Chiron. Yeah. Telling, he was telling him, he's like, Hey, there's black people all over the world. And I was like, not Salt Lake City. <laughs> Well, that's not true, though. Actually, the funniest thing is when we went to that talk with uh, Angela Davis, I was like, I literally, just in pure count, not in proportion of the room, I don't think I've seen that many black people in Salt Lake City total since moving here, like, over a year ago. And I was like, I have to, like, find out, like, where do the black people live here? I don't know. Because they'll come out to this. So, anyway. Um. Uh- but yeah, it made me miss Florida because it was it mm-hmm. just like really gorgeously shot, and I think you mentioned that in your review that it was kind of like Hell or High Water really captured Texas. This movie really captured Florida, and a lot of even like the indoor scenes, like it is very clearly like an apartment in Florida.
0: Yeah, and I guess maybe yeah, just the fact that we're from Florida, we were more sensitive to that. But um yeah. the writer director Barry Jenkins is also you know from Florida, so he knows
1: mm-hmm. what he's doing. Yeah, it made me miss Florida a lot. It was like all these palm trees. I mean, the cinematography in this movie, I would say, is better than either of the other two. Definitely what was missing in Fences, this one had. I mean, just scenes in a shitty Florida school would just be still, like, so, like, gorgeous. And the, the, the colors were just kind of not super saturated, but, like, just really vibrant.
0: Yeah. Yeah, most of the movie was... It's funny, like, even the darker scenes still had a lot of color in them. Like, even, mm-hmm. like, the night shots. they still, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a, a good, um, uh, postcard of Florida. And, uh, I mean, and if it's... it doesn't win, like, cinematography, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe La La Land, we haven't gotten to that one yet, but, uh, it's gotta be up there. It,
1: it was the kind of movie that you feel like you could take almost every minute of film had a shot that would be like a really good shot for like you know a banner of the movie or you know whatever yeah
0: yeah even when i was writing that uh that that write-up i was like trying to think like what would be the good image to use because there's so many beautiful shots of uh, beaches and stuff
1: yeah so this one um like I said, like, I don't know what I would think about the trajectory of it if I didn't know it. Because, like, that was kind of one thing that I think set apart hidden figures and, and fences. And I think this one doesn't have a very clear, um, I mean, you kind yeah. of, in the first act, you establish this kid is troubled. Yeah. He doesn't have a dad. And his mom is uh, a crackhead. Or she's just kind of, she's she's chipping. <laughs> She's just like dabbling in crack at this point, Um, which honestly I could probably do without the drug addicted mom. But um, and then he kind of has this really bizarre friendship with a local drug dealer who finds him. Mm -hmm.
0: It's like his father figure.
1: Yeah, I also found that really fucking weird though, because like he hangs out at the guy's house because he won't tell him where he lives. Okay, but then Mm -hmm. the guy just comes to his house and sees him hanging outside. He's like, "Hey, do you want to go swimming?" I'm like who the fuck does that with someone else's kid?
0: Well, yeah, I mean I think because th- th- the movie's not very like linear, it's maybe hard to tell like how much time has passed between some of these events, but I was guessing at that point
1: they kind of already established like, you know, a relationship between the two of them. Maybe I'm wrong. But... Oh, okay, so you, so you think that wasn't like the second time he saw him? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I didn't think so, but I saw the movie a while ago, but it made more sense that he was, like, already kind of, like, hey, I'm I'm the big brother, little brother, uh, like, uh, relationship we got here.
1: Yeah, and then the mom, because the mom initially seems like a kind of responsible parent who just maybe works poor hours. Um, yeah,
0: because she's, like, a nurse and or then, something, so it's like, oh, she's got, like, you know, a job.
1: Yeah, and she's being very protective of her kid around the guy, which make sense, but... um. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd think she'd just be like, "Hey, hang out with my kid, pay me in rocks or whatever." Um, so again, just like, I prostitute out her I,
0: son for crack.
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess I just I just found that part of the movie kind of superfluous. Like, I don't think that this kid needed that on top of everything. But I guess it helped explain why he's like incredibly quiet, um, which yeah. slightly annoyed me. He was almost like too quiet, especially like on into his. High school years. It was like, I think at that point you kind of figure out how to put a mask on.
0: Well, I kind of liked it because it was, you're kind of watching the movie almost from his eyes. Like you're almost, because he's not even like everything's just happening at him and you're just kind of, he's just kind of like the avatar, I guess, for a person in that scenario. And you're just seeing everything that's coming and bouncing off of him. So I didn't mind that he was just, you know, pretty silent throughout the movie.
1: Well, the trick that it pulled for me, and yes, I should mention, i you watched this months ago or whatever. I watched this as you were watching Fences. <laughs> I was <just been laughs> watching it like, you know, two hours ago. Um, it, the, uh, the trick for me is then they cut to him as an old 50 Cent looking dude. <laughs> and he's like a completely different person in the way he looks. He's jacked and yeah. he's no longer like he's he's very nerdy dressed as, as a younger guy Mm and people are ragging on him. And now he's, you know, he's got a grill. He's looking pretty slick. He's got a nice car and he's, you know, he's a drug dealer Mm -hmm. and he is the one intimidating someone else just to fuck with him. And so his personality is completely different too. And I was kind of like, man, that's a disconnect. But then as soon as, uh, his buddy Kevin calls him, he just reverts back to the exact same person. And that was like, holy shit. that, I didn't. Yeah. Is that guy? Um, was he nominated for an Oscar? I don't think any of them were. I feel like that's a shame. I feel like what he did um, with uh, with that character and being able to show somebody who's putting on like a, a mask, essentially, yeah. Uh, I feel like uh, that you know that should have been recognized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Travante uh, Rhodes. Rhodes. Yeah,
0: off. yeah, he was definitely the. You know, of the three versions of that character, Chiron, he his was like obviously like the deepest, just because he had, you know, all that history. But he was also had the, like you're saying the the biggest mask on.
1: Yeah, yeah, the biggest mask. He had to mimic the other uh, two younger actors, you know, portrayal, and yeah, it was just because I mean I think that he got across this sense that like a little kid who's bullied. I mean, it's so weird because he's, like, so quiet, right? And mm-hmm. just, like, not talking. But because they're a little kid, they're so, like, submissive, you know? And so it's kind of like, oh, a little sad thing. But suddenly when he's this big hulking guy, it kind of becomes, like, scary. And I I don't know, you know, the end of the movie. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be, he's going to kind of come back. And something's going to make him snap. And he's going to, like, fuck up uh, Kevin, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to maybe hope Kevin, you know, wants him, but Kevin, like, isn't gay anymore and, like, makes him feel bad about it. And he just, you know, snaps. And I was like, that's kind of an interesting, it's a really nuanced portrayal because, like, he's riding the line between being, like, a, you know, a really hard man yeah. of, like, you know, you can't mm-hmm. get through to him to, like, a really, you know, just a little little kid who's still just, you know, sad <laughs> all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's most shocking to see him. You know, as the Hulk, yeah. having that same uh, sensitivity and like um, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. But you you mentioned um, that uh, well, one interesting thing that they you said like he he's got the character when he's playing black has to kind of like act like the other guys. But apparently, they didn't let any of the the three boys like see the footage of each other or even meet each other. No way. Yeah, because they didn't want it to
1: um influence him too much. Dude, that is fucking fucking I I mean at that point you gotta give Barry Jenkins the best director mm-hmm. Oscar then because <laughs> that's incredible to get such a a similar portrayal out of three characters. I mean I understand that like the character himself is very like quiet. Mm-hmm. So it's you know maybe a little easier but um and maybe like the little kid, you know, what what is he really doing? Um, but that's really incredible. I mean, I, I don't, I think this movie might be, you know, how I am with hair. I mean, part of that is just (laughs) kind of like the realism of not having to think too much about, you know, the gaps between what you're seeing and what you're supposed to be seeing. And I think this movie, I mean, they really do seem like the same person. Yeah. It seems like someone pulled a boyhood almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean not that they looked super similar but because they acted so similar it was like holy shit yeah that is the same character.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Uh, yeah, I, I hope hope Barry gets some recognition cuz uh he got a lot out of this movie. It's like such a, you know, such a small quiet story but um yeah, there's just so much it is, there. And it isn't it? So much powerful.
1: It seemed like, um, I wouldn't say an empty story, but it seemed like it it felt true to life where a lot of things are happening, but none of them are really um, becoming super central to the story. You know, I I mean, it's hard Mm -hmm. to explain, but like the fact that he's a drug dealer is just kind of like just a fact of his life. And it doesn't really affect the rest of the movie um, other than the way people act around him. You know, it's not like that is a plot device. That's like, oh, shit. Look out for this now. Yeah, um, it doesn't
0: play out like a normal movie where you see the setup and then you can you can expect kind of the result from that setup.
1: Yeah, kind I of think like the, the only the hidden figures
0: where you can kind of see everything that's coming.
1: <laughs> yeah, the the only time in this movie where that happened was um, you know, the the dreadlocked asshole bully um where he is then going to talk uh uh Sharon's uh gay friend Kevin into beating someone up and you kind of like know, all right he's got to definitely beat up chiron because why else would this bully exist Mm -hmm. and i mean i think that's the only scene that's like that where you kind of understand the whole chekhov's gun you know
0: but you didn't expect chiron to come back and smash a chair over his head
1: (laughs) dude man that was so fucking good i love that so much but that was shot so well because you see he's walking like with much more purpose and you kind of feel like, like this fucking kid is soft. He's not going to fuck anyone up. So why is he walking so, why is he, Dewey, why do you walk so hard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he pops in there and he, he looks like he's about to sit down and he's all business. And he's like picks up the chair. I'm like, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what's that, um, oh, you know, oh brother, where art thou? When uh, mm-hmm. when the John Goodman grabs the tree branch and he like clocks the one guy over the head, and uh, yeah. George Lewis just like, oh, "What are you getting at there, Big Tom or whatever the <laughs> hell his name is?" And he smashed <laughs> him in the. That's kind of my Same. reaction. I'm like, oh, "What you what, what you doing with that chair there, buddy?" <laughs> <Like>, oh <"Whoa>, shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. The scene just kind of played out. And you're like, "Is someone gonna stop him?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like, "Don't stop him. Let him do it." Fucking asshole.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean that was really I didn't huh. have too much to say just because it's such a I mean I think it's spoiler the best movie oh um,
1: uh, you've spoiled it you fuck so there,
0: there isn't much uh, I feel like there's less to say when the movie like gets it all so right you can just be here and say like oh yeah and this part was good and this part was good
1: Um. Almost yeah I mean it. some things that 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 I'm trying to think back Uh, I I I mean, that scene where he asks... Uh, I don't know. The, was the guy's name Wine? Wine? The, the big brother? Juan. It was Juan? It sounded like yeah. it was Wine, didn't it? <laughs> I mean,
0: um, listen, Juan. I don't know if they even they say his name in the movie, but
1: yeah. Uh, I think that... Uh, I think uh, Janelle Monet says his name at some point. Oh, yeah. About him. But it, so anyway, um, when he asks him, like, what's a faggot? And it's kind of like... Like, I was thinking... Alright, so this guy is not necessarily like a social justice warrior. Is he you mm-hmm. know, is he gonna tell the kid like, No, it's it's okay to be gay, son? Um I felt like almost in a way it would make more sense if he kind of was like, No, 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 man, you're not gay. Don't you know, don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time it's like you might recognize that the kid is kinda gay. And I mean if the kid asks you that, the implication is obviously someone called me this. And so right. you can't, like, be a homophobe at the kid. Mm-hmm. So it, it was interesting. But in a weird way, I almost felt like that should have been something that more Janelle Monae's character, you know, mothered him. And he maybe had a harder time figuring out. Yeah, maybe.
0: But at the same time, it's like he was looking for that father figure to kind of, you know, tell him how to be a man kind of thing. So maybe it was best yeah. to come from the man. That scene was yeah, was in a, interesting too, just because it was like off the bat, probably like the you know the heaviest scene in the first portion, or it could have been at least, because like okay, he's oh, yeah. finally tackling the issue. But then they also like they lightened it up with I can't remember what the line is, but um, Janelle Monet kind of tells Juan not to go too far down it, I guess, down the trail <laughs> of explaining hmm. it to him, and uh, they got a laugh in the theater. So it's like okay, it's, oh really yeah she was good it um, was
1: good in this movie yeah I thought she was i thought she well I mean she was kind of good in both movies, but um, she was good in this, but again it was a, it was kind of a weird thing where she's not like the super central figure in his life. She shows up you know a few times and kind of has a place <laughs> in his life, but it's i mean I think that's what I liked about this movie is that it's one of those movies that is a little bit in the moment hard to grasp because you're kind of looking your brain is trying to latch onto a trajectory, you know, it's trying to get where where are we going, but it does play out more like real life where, especially when you're young, one thing that can be really distressing is not knowing who are the important people in my life. What's the important thing for me to Mm -hmm. be doing? Like which one of these things that's affecting me is the thing that I won't remember in a year. And which one of the things is the thing that is going to affect who I am. And I think they really captured that feeling in a way, you know, uh, like characters like like uh, Teresa who take him in, but it's like, this isn't someone who even, she doesn't even show up in the third act. It's just like... Yeah. And there's not
0: even like... Yeah, she doesn't show up and then there's kind of discussion as to why she's not there. She's just kind of, she's not there.
1: Yeah, and Juan doesn't even show up in the second act. He apparently died between. And the, he mm-hmm. doesn't even discuss that with Teresa. His mom at some point just mentioned, oh, I haven't seen her since the funeral. And it's like...
0: Uh, they don't even, like, have a – you'd expect kind of like a, oh, here's the scene where he's, you know, dealing with that. Yeah. But it kind of almost happens on you know, screen. Like, he's like, damn it, Juan. Why'd you die on me, Juan? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so, I mean, it kind of – it captures the fact that you basically have to create the narrative of your life after the fact, um, which is a really neat trick because, I mean, obviously a movie is a narrative. So it's really hard to portray a narrative about someone's life. That leaves it open as to what they would see as the narrative of their life.
0: Mm-hmm. And also, just with the character being so quiet and just kind of all these characters moving through past his life, you're kind of left as the um, as the audience member to kind of like fill in the effect that they're having on him. There's no, one, they're not yeah. saying it directly, like you would kind of expect or kind of almost want from a movie. Like, okay, how's this? How's this turning out here with him? Uh, like, how is he processing this? Like, you're kind of—he's—he's yeah. he's doing it internally.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I—and I, this—this was definitely a movie that um, I'm trying to think. I thought there was a movie. Oh, when I, I was thinking back on uh, Nocturnal Animals, and that was a movie that I mean didn't lose me, but definitely lost a lot of uh, my appeal or a lot of appeal for me in the last like five minutes. And this movie is the exact opposite. I feel like the oh, last yeah. five minutes, the I, I mean really just the last speech that, um, that Sharon gives to Kevin is like, it's not like a super duper speech, you know, but mm-hmm. it, it just really kind of clicks a lot of it.
0: Yeah. Um, it's just so natural. And it, yeah, it kind of yeah.
1: connects it all together. Yeah, because up till then, you're like, oh, where's it going to go? And I think your brain almost, like, tries to anticipate what's going to happen and kind of prepare what your reaction will be for it. And so I'm like, (laughs) oh, it's going to be something negative. Like, all this this negativity in his life is going to have to bring him down in some way, Mm -hmm. in some, like, horrible way that's turned him into a monster. And then he instead has this, like, really just quiet moment of vulnerability that's... Mm -hmm. It's beautiful, you know it, it. It's really beautiful, and it's you know it's so it's more it's so much more um, kind of pitiful because while he's doing it, he's got this complete armor of you know being hard mm-hmm. and being the kind of guy who would give you the kind of ending to a movie, you know, where he does something you know dangerous and frightful. Um, but I mean, it's all just like a weird kind of joke and i mean you know his his friend kind of laughs at it's like you know what i I don't i didn't expect this Mm -hmm. um so for him to display that vulnerability at that point it was yeah fucking good movie yeah really good and i watched this again i watched this um you know with the pressure of i kind of was aware that this was the front runner um -hmm. either this or, or, or la la land which um I mean, that could be a a problem from everything I've heard. La Land is like very much like a white movie. And then you've got Moon. So if it it went over Moonlight, um, that could be a problem. I haven't seen it yet, though. So, so I don't know. But um, even with all that, that pressure of, you know, kind of knowing more or less what happens in the movie and knowing how well it was taken. it's still a very affecting movie.
0: Yeah, that yeah, that speaks volumes. I feel like a lot of movies. If you if you have that much expectation and already kind of know a bit about it, you're going to be left disappointed.
1: Yeah. But no. So what, what's your what's up? This was your number one.
0: Yeah, definitely so far number one. Um, should we do the, the full ranking so far?
1: Uh, yeah. Why not? Just for the fun of it. Just because I feel like, yeah, I feel like it, like. I would put this at number one too. I mean Fences mm-hmm. was good, but I, I I think that the fact that this one's cinematography was so much better. I part of me feels that way, that like film should really be doing what only film can do.
0: Yeah, I yeah, Or at I get least into that at one.
1: least I give a little more, you know yeah, I, I give a little more to movies that do that.
0: Yeah, and it's I even noted that when I was watching Fences. It's kind of frustrating maybe not frustrating is the right word, but Like how much watching a scene play in a movie with music playing over it, like how much that affects me. I feel like kind of Mm -hmm. like a like a dumb kid. It's like, oh, you know, (laughs) like it always works. And Fences doesn't really have any music in it. Um, Yeah, it's very little. So a movie that is beautifully visually and I don't really remember the music much from Moonlight, but I'm, I'm sure it matched the scenes well.
1: Like those kind of there's a lot of um step like ahead. orchestrated music. Oh, during like not quite slow scenes, but I was almost like, is this cheating? Like you know, to play this like <laughs> it seems like a like classical music over them like in the waves. You know, it's like is this cheating? Because it's, uh, it's such an an emotional you know grab.
0: Right. Yeah. That's kind of bit, that's my thought. It's, it is almost like, like cheating, but I just you still accept it very. Uh, yeah. So, so what's your ranks? So right now of the ones we've talked about, Moonlight One, Hell or High Water, I think, still is number two for me. Um and then Fences and then the only other two are arrival and hidden figures. Mm-hmm. Uh I guess maybe arrival then hidden figures.
1: But Yeah, I mean I'd I'd put Moon I mean I'd kinda of similar order. I'd Moonlight on top and then Fences or Hell or High Water in the second spot. Yeah, those and two are close. Th- yeah. Um I think if I had to watch one again, I'd well I don't know. I actually would watch both of those. Uh I mean I I feel like I'd watch Hidden Figures before Arrival again, maybe. And I I mean I like actively disliked Arrival whereas Hidden Figures was just kinda of bland to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, in reality—it's like moonlight. Hell or high water fences are like up way above. And then there's like, <laughs> up <laughs> up. like <laughs> yeah, hidden fingers. Honestly,
1: I don't know I'm why. It's now I made think that for that's movie. <laughs> I feel like it's a topic thing. It's all a um, topic thing. Yeah, and I thought about that with—I mean—that's just kind of the way things are. I mean, I—I I liked uh, when I was watching Crown Heights. Um that's one thing that popped in my head. I like movies that are um topical and I, I guess that's what I liked about Hell or High Water. It had that kind of backdrop of financial, you know, uh uh you know, the middle class getting swallowed up by yeah. banks. So I thought that's one thing that kinda of elevated it. So I, I get it and I don't think that's invalidates, you know. I think a topical movie should get more consideration. Um I don't think that movie was good enough. I mean especially because there's <laughs> There's only nine movies that were nominated for Oscars That's what's really frustrating so
0: <laughs> right.
1: It's like Alright well I mean then These were the ones like there's nothing Got knocked out and nothing was like Added just to bring it to ten
0: mm-hmm. Yeah you imagine like if they fill out the ten It's like okay maybe there's a lot of good movies but This was the top ten
1: but it's like yeah. okay
0: They only The Academy only thought these nine movies were worthwhile <laughs>
1: Or even even if they were all bad, like the year the the artist won, I think they had ten. But it was like, well, you know, I guess nothing, you know, just add more, you know, just let anything in.
0: Yeah, I guess like no, yeah, nothing stood above, so they just kind of throw all the crap in there. But this was like they're saying these nine movies were like
1: obviously superior to every other movie that came out that year. <clears throat> yes, I found that I found that surprising. I mean, I, I honestly, I would, I would said nocturnal animals. I would have thrown in over, um, In Figures or Arrival.
0: Yeah, it just has more of what you'd expect out of a best movie too. Hidden Figures, like you're saying, mm-hmm. it's just like a like Disney it's interesting. movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, and it's honestly like it's more adult. I think mm-hmm. that plays into it a lot. Uh, maybe, but maybe that's me being narrow minded about what makes a best movie.
1: Yeah. Oh well. All right, so we've okay. got next week, we're, got, um, we're going to do La La Land and Lion, which neither of us want to see. But apparently, Anthony has already seen, and his friend Kat is going to join as well. So we're going to have another yes. four-man, well, three-man, one-lady.
0: Yeah, the, our um, first hard woman.
1: Our first hard woman. Well, you had a woman on Asterixar, but this podcast has been yeah, purely uh, everyone's shown up with a Y chromosome. <laughs> At least one.
0: (laughs) So we're just going to do those two next week.
1: Yeah, so we only have two next week, so maybe it'll suck, but I think with four people it'll probably still balance out to be a nice, uh, you know, we'll still get to an hour, I think.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't have any doubts about time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then after that we've just got uh, Hacksaw Ridge and uh, Chesty Men. Manchester
0: Cheeto. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then that's it.
1: Uh, yeah, and then we've got to give our our. We should give our like our full picks, Um and then after that full we picks. can do a really stupid movie. I think we <laughs> said it was going to be Heavyweights or like Rush Hour or something. <laughs> something stupid.
0: I think we should also do when we when we're doing our picks. We should talk about movies that got
1: left out, maybe that we saw, because like we're saying we only pick nine.
0: I can't think of anything right yeah. now, so we'll have to come back to it. <laughs>
1: If I yeah, if I actually find time to see more movies than what we are required to see for the podcast, then uh then yeah, I'll definitely likely. do that. Not likely. Do you have any but... uh any any uh any uh words?
0: Oh corrections? Uh no no corrections. Um, we have a, I I guess an updated fuck you to what program is it that keeps blowing up our uh, ruining our podcasts? So they don't
1: play. No, it's like iTunes. seriously simple podcasting. Not that simple, guys. WordPress.
0: No, really not it's that well. Simple. It's, I
1: guess it's too simple because there's no workaround if it fucks up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did we get that fixed? So well, whatever. We'll talk. Yeah, about it. I'll I'll try to fix it when we're done with this. Um. Yeah, check out Ratatouille. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, podcast from the Asterixar Boys. Woo! Um. And then uh, follow us on Twitter. At hardbent yeah. to please Email us At uh, hardment to please At gmail.com And uh, check us out on Face Not Facebook Fuck Facebook <laughs> Yeah if there's I someone listening, create a Facebook At some point
0: But if there's so, Anyone listening to this podcast Who we Don't know Is listening to the podcast <laughs>
1: Please give us feedback We're desperate Yeah we would love feedback And tell your friends about it You fucks <laughs> You assholes uh, Yeah piece of shit Anyway We do love you. See you next time. Bye.